Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 91 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Allie. Hello. I put, don't put your hand in the box. It's ouchy. Vera? You know, uh, one thing that this movie made me realize is that I really would like both a personal shield and uh, a personal friendship with Jason Momoa. <laughs> Interesting. What's in the box? Hype. The hype! <laughs> the, the spoiler <laughs> cast is your look at something that we've been, um, some media we've been consuming, whether it be a movie, a game, um, or a TV show, or really anything else of the sorts. We talk about it in depth, so there will be full spoilers for whatever it is we're talking about. And today, if you haven't figured it out yet by the title, we're going to be talking about the new version of um, Dune, which just came out um, at time of recording a few weeks ago in theaters and on HBO. Um, directed by, and I just I just learned how to pronounce his actual name as Denis Villeneuve. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Or as I used to call him, Dennis Villeneuve. Um, <laughs> Villeneuve. I, I did it like Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's Den- uh, Denis Villeneuve. As I saw, as I heard it pronounced on the on like interviews, is Denis Villeneuve. De- Denis Villeneuve. Well, I he, so I hope he's I'm a fine director. Uh, yes, which is one of the reasons I was really excited to watch this, and really excited now that I've seen it to talk about it with y'all. And we're not gonna. Sometimes we do introductory things where we talk about what we've been playing and news and all that other stuff or what we've been watching. But I think tonight we're going to just jump right into it and start talking about Dune. So again, spoilers to follow for a decently old book and a movie that's been made like three times now in different capacities. And so, and don't worry folks. We there, I know there's a lot of gaming news right now. We will get to it in the next episode. Don't you worry. There's a lot to talk about, but right now we're gonna focus on the Dune because the Dune is amazing. All right, Tristan, why don't you just why don't you just take it? Okay. What did you so, think about the new Dune? So, as someone who has seen both uh, um, uh, the original Dune movie uh, um, by David Lynch and the Dune miniseries and read the book and have seen this one. Uh, I, I think this is our best hope for a good Dune adaptation out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this, if, if part one is any indication, uh, right. I am, I'm thinking that you're, you're right. And I mean, that we're is, already halfway there or a third of the way there or whatever yeah. you want to call it. That, that is also something we should definitely bring up. So if you haven't seen this because you're like, you know what? I should totally read the books. Uh, just be aware this movie is like the first third of Dune the book. Yeah, I think and they said it's going to be two films. Uh, they've announced so they've announced a second part. I think he wants to make it a trilogy. Oh, okay, that makes the most sense considering it's so friggin' beefy. Uh, I yeah. think that uh, the the impression I got with the trilogy thing because I also heard that is that he also wants to include the events of Dune Messiah in there as well. Like, I think that his, from why the, in that, what some of the jests I've been hearing about is he kind of wants to have the full Paul Atreides, uh, the full Paul Atreides arc 
um, on film, or at least uh, the the uh, I don't the, or at least I don't know about that. in the desert. Paul's arc in some of the later books gets really weird. Well, it's not as weird as his weird. son's arc. Like let's <laughs> yeah. let's let's be let, let let's be real. I mean, Paul's main arc is is that like he is that he unleashes the jihad on the universe and then walks away from it. Um, and becomes a sandworm. No, that's his son. His son becomes, <laughs> Is that his son? I no, yeah, that his son, Leto, becomes, Leto II becomes the sandworm. Paul um, abandons. Oh, right. Paul goes right. blind, wanders in the desert to die, comes back as a prophet, like preaching against his empire, and then is stoned to death. And then yeah. in like the sequel books, he's like brought back as a clone, and then gets to live mm. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I'm thinking that's what I was thinking. Because. I've read the first book so many times, but I've only read like the second and third books like once. I couldn't like, oh, even like right. get into the sequels; they were just too fucking weird. Um, yeah, they are really fucking weird. But on the flip um, side of it, it is it is my understanding that like truly to get a lot of the message of what Frank Herbert was trying to deal with in his ass in his like you know masculine adult brilliance, um, the <laughs> the uh, you know the. The sequels are important because, you know, it's a Dune is in many ways very much a critique of of messianism and following leaders. Um, and, oh, yeah. And the horror that can they, they, they can come about from it, um, even though the first book is in many ways, it's a straightforward adventure. But like by the end of it, it's it's only hinting at the at like, you know, at, at the at the kind of nastiness that's going to be unleashed, which is then unleashed. Yeah. So, Bear, it sounds like you've also have quite the resume when it comes to Dune. Uh, not as much as Tris. I read the first book, uh, I, and I saw the David Lynch, and I've read a bunch of mm-hmm. Wikipedia entries. Uh, <laughs> okay. so, so I've read the first book, seen the David Lynch, and then like read the Wikipedia entries, because I tried to read the sequel, and it was just like, this is, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. From, from what you're describing, it doesn't feel like something. I've only read the first one myself as well. Um, Allie, yeah, what's, same. What's, what? Yeah, okay. I was just gonna ask what your like, resume was. When I was a small bean and I did not understand it. <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. I also read it a long time ago and have not since picked it up. So, yeah. so I, a lot I, of this, like, I didn't even remember who the betrayer was. Yeah, like, that's yeah. that's how little I remembered from from reading. When, I, so, when uh, we were talking about, like, you know, how long it takes, like, I started reading it, like, because I found a copy up in New Hampshire from like my dad's copy from like the seventies. And then I couldn't really fit, and uh, I thought it was fast, but like you know, that first part is really fucking slow. Then I watched the David mm-hmm. Lynch film, and then I went back to what I'd started like two years ago, and then finished it. Um, and yeah, and basically, it's interesting because the part we're at right now is when the book really begins to pick up. Like once he's with yeah. the Fremen, shit begins to get a lot more because the, all the stuff shit beforehand beforehand is. It's a lot of a lot of world building and a lot of internal shit happens mm-hmm. beforehand, and that can be a bit dense, especially if you're a teenager. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the sequels are the sequels are to Dune what like the Silmarillion is to Lord of the Rings, mm. where it's like okay, this is like Lord of the Rings, like okay, cool, you know, it's a fantasy novel, it's three books, you get into it, you know, tell the whole cohesive story. And then you get to the Silmarillion, and the Silmarillion is dense and obtuse and has a lot of metaphor and gets kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I think I'll just go back to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so as someone who's seen the David Lynch film, 
which is I think so so the sci-fi miniseries is not really doesn't really enter into this uh like it was a valiant effort to do it super low budget but god is it super low budget um the sci-fi miniseries there's one shot of like a Harkonnen like trooper being like like stuntman being like thrown into the air by an explosion and they use it like 10 times like I'm not even joking it's just the same shot and they use it multiple times um like a valiant effort to do the effort but not really worth talking about the David Lynch film I think is something we should like keep talking about in this because it is the original attempt to adapt it as a movie well and much what, like what came first, the Lynch film or the attempt at the Jodorowsky's Dune? Jodorowsky came first, but Jodorowsky yeah. never even read the book. Like people like yeah. like to people like to really whack off to to Jodorowsky and what he was trying to do. And you know, again, the people who worked on it ended up doing amazing stuff. But like he literally wanted like Paul to become a planet and like go flying off into space it was just like <laughs> yeah it was like it's it had nothing to even do with the weirder of the book it was like his own own shit going on which is fine it's totally cool to just be fucking cro- uh, to, to get fucking wild and go buck wild but like you know in terms of like an adaptation of the source material it's my understanding that that's not what jodorowsky was interested in that's what not lynch was all. interested in and you know, Dino De La, even with like Dino De Laurentiis, um, uh, you know, like and you know, not letting him to do go full on and such. I still think that, uh, I still think that overall that there's a lot good in that movie. I think that yes. some people are being like dirty hipsters when comparing it and being like, oh, the Lynch movie's better. It's, it's not. It's 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 not. But it's yeah. there's it, a, it's a fun but, romp, but it's. Yeah, sorry. Well, no, no, <laughs> finish your thought, Allie. It's a fun romp, yeah. but... No, it's it's a fun romp, but, like, in terms of, like, a film that I enjoyed in terms of the characters and the story, the current one is really more my speed. Mm-hmm. The David yeah. Lynch one is, like, I feel like having a silly time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I will say, though, Patrick Stewart going into battle holding a pug shouting for Duke Leto Atreides is, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, a it's a it's, a, it's mood. a mood. It's such a mood. It's so great. I it's mean, such a mood, and, and it um, shows like that there was a lot of intention in terms of like you know trying to you know look at like old school style paintings and the pug you see when they're like also traveling as well. Like there's a lot of really cool visual and directorial choices. Oh yeah. In oh the yeah. Movie. Well, because. Um, well, yeah. All, right, all right, so so the thing the thing with David Lynch film, the reason why it's really important to compare David Lynch's Dune with this Dune, is again for the time it was a huge budget movie by a fairly prominent director with an all star like a star studded cast. Like the cast of David Lynch's Dune is like mind blowing how they got this many people involved in it, and this new Dune is a really high budget adaptation by a fairly well-known director with a star-studded cast where you're kind of like, oh my god, how did they get these people to do this movie? So there's a lot of parallels there. Um, the David Lynch film does have a, does have an audio uh, soundtrack by Toto. 
It has yep. Sting <laughs> as Fade Rotha. Um, and it has a whole so David Lynch's Dune is filthy. It is a filthy movie. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I love that so much. It it's really filthy. is though. It's it's dirty I love it so and much. It is, it is it, a really it's filthy like movie. Dirty and filthy and industrial and gothic, and it has a whole bunch of art that was done by um Oh god. Um uh, the guy who designed the alien from Aliens. Um mm-hmm. I don't know who oh designed it. Oh my god. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh yeah, we'll come back to it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But I will say that the other day I was listening to sci-fi Geiger HR Geiger. Mm-hmm. Oh right, right. Oh right. yeah. There's there's a ton of Geiger art in that movie. Well, I was gonna and... say a lot of the. Sorry, I had brain fart. <laughs> well, 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 please cut out my brain fart. Well, while you tried to get it, Ali, uh, I I'd like to just kind of give my summary of my thoughts on Dune in a nutshell. This one, which is, is that. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, but I also think that even though it is a good movie and I love seeing it and I'm excited for to see where he takes it because uh, I think that the next part's going to be hot fire, All criti- I think a lot of the big criticisms about it are also entirely valid without taking mm-hmm. away from my enjoyment or you know really being a critique. And, and the main thing is that like it's really good but I don't know how much people will enjoy it if they haven't seen the book, if they haven't read the book. And I do right. think that even though it is good, it kind of is a glorious two and a half hour trailer for the movie proper. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the other thing to bear in mind is the big problem with David Lynch's Dune is that David Lynch's Dune spends the vast majority of its time expositing at you. Mm-hmm. Right, like, have have you ever seen have you ever seen uh, one of the edits of David Lynch's Dune where they've taken out all the internal monologue? Oh God! Like, like they they, they don't cut it; they just mute it. And it's these, it's just this whole movie of just weird, long, awkward, <laughs> pregnant pauses. Well, I, I, um, I will. Yeah, which, but that's a fascinating yeah. thing, though, because. If I remember from what people have been telling me for about Dune, and then for, well, from what I'm remembering from it, when people said like, there's a a lot of that book has is a lot of internal monologue. It uh, is. There's a lot of. I, I the, think the new Dune like did a pretty good job of balancing it, though. Like, mm-hmm. there's a. I mean, obviously, there's a huge difference between monologuing when you're reading a book versus watching a movie, and right. like, also, like I just like to throw out. Versus watching it in a play because there's so much like energy that you can read from the actor when you're watching an actor mm. monologue in front of you live as opposed to an actor on a screen. Right. right. There's a relationship in theater that develops between the a- actor and the audience that is not mm-hmm. on screen. Um, well, and no, it, and that's and a good is... point to point out. I, I, I would say another thing though, which is is that uh, that that yeah, I, th- I I do think that even. Even though, even though I think you know, like Lynch was oftentimes by having that amount of internal monologue was trying to faithfully adapt the book. 
I think Denny Villeneuve making it so you really don't hear internal, you don't hear internal monologue, and you just like are getting that stuff from showing rather than telling. Um, I think that that's off. That that's a good way to show like to tell that story in the medium of film. I mm-hmm. think that he is trying to do it in a more tradition, you know, trying to adapt something by showing it in the film narrative. And I think it's very effective. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in the new movie is um, a scene that I do not believe is in the book. Uh, and that is uh, where the Sardukar are on a Salsa Secondus. And Correct. they are having Oh, their, they're doing that really weird, like... The blood ritual. And then you see mm-hmm. the people yeah. sacrifice behind them, like, you know, with their throat slits and the blood is draining out and it's just like you don't hear any explanation of why this ritual is happening it's just <laughs> you're seeing that this is these are the people who are going to be sent against our heroes and it just gives the sardaukar so much more weight when you have that fight when they fight mm-hmm. against jason momoa actually can i mm-hmm. talk about that scene a little bit more barrett please because for some reason please like this movie is filled with like amazing parts and scenes and shots but that one really stood out to me because i think it's it's like a very good like slice i don't know if slice mm-hmm. is the right word but like it's a good representation of what i think this film does really really well which is give you really interesting world building by showing and not telling and like the sardaukar blood ritual one is the one that stuck out to me the most because here i am thinking like who are these people? Why are they doing to this this to these people? What the hell are these people wearing? What is this like language that this guy is screaming at them in? Like, what is all this? This is so fucking bizarre. And I want to know more. Like, that's the thing I really loved about this film is it kept wanting me to look into w- more of what's going on in the background mm-hmm. and why people are doing the things they're doing. And I think it gives, like you said, Barrow, so much more weight to the Sardaukar when they actually show up and, you know, fight our heroes. So Al- freaking cool. Allie, mm-hmm. what did you what did you think of the movie overall? I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. I did as well with the caveat that well, with most of Barra's caveats, I would say. Um, specifically that it did feel like a trailer to something else that was very long. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. the movie really does, you know, unlike other movies which are part of trilogies, this one ends fairly abruptly um, where it's it's building all this this up in, in a very um, Denis Villeneuve way, like all of his other movies. It's just very, it's a little, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, and maybe you're helping me by saying that it's like show don't tell. I, I think that yeah. might be what does it for me. But these movies are at times incredibly slow on paper, mm-hmm. but I always leave them like amazed, <laughs> like wow, I'm really glad yeah. I spent no, that it's just, two and a half hours watching a, nothing happen, or you know, <laughs> it has such a cool like level of introspect introspection. I think it's like I just feel like I was thinking about so many things at once, but like, not I don't know. Is this what taking psychedelics feels like? That's that's my biggest takeaway from this. It's movie. what is taking what... the spices like, the spice melange <laughs> that gives the thoughts speed. Yeah, and you know, in this in this movie in the book, you have a pretty natural, and in some senses, fish out of water with Paul. 
so it, it helps with that experiential piece like when they mm-hmm. when they visit the the mine the mining vehicle and the worm comes and you're you know you're freaking out with them props you... by the way to the worm not looking like a piece of shit <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Okay. that okay. thing looks so, so fucking cool so this is a new design from what has been traditionally seen for this for the sandworms mm-hmm. what was each person's take on it i loved uh, it I thought it looked fucking cool. I I so loved. I especially loved it the first time when you barely see it. It sort of teases it. Yeah. And it just like its teeth, and you're just like, yo. <laughs> that whole scene is incredible. Um, I've decided... I love the part where. Um, sorry, real quick. What was the name of the doctor again? Oh, uh, which the, one? The betrayer. Uh. Or the no the no the other one. That's Doctor Liet Kynes. Ah, okay. The one who went native. Yeah. Well, no, she was. She was. Um, <laughs> what's her fate? She was a. Why am I forgetting the name of the people so, on the planet? Uh, I actually Fremen. thought that she wasn't Fremen, Fremen, but was adopted into the Fremen as well. She she is not. So the character of Doctor Leah Kynes is not originally Fremen, but gets there and is basically made an honorary Fremen. I, okay, I was gonna say I thought the movie implied that she was actually Fremen. It might have. It might, it might have in the movie not or by, the book or something. Not by blood. At least okay. in the books. I, okay, I guess that was the implication. But anywho, the part where she goes to summon the worm. Yes. And, is like, and she has the hooks. And she has the hooks. And they and, don't explain the hooks. No, and they... And what's the line that she says where she's like, like the only god I fear is... Is, is Shai Halu. The, uh, the, the only master is, is Shai Halu. Yeah. 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 So... My master is Shai Halu. Should Shai Halu. So good. Um, speaking of Shai Halud, I also enjoyed the worm and that, and, uh, I do think that's one of the reasons why seeing it on the big screen is really advised. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I would definitely so, think that, um, that the, a lot of the movies better qualities from the cinematic photography to the gorgeous art design and costume design oh, and yeah. weapon design. It's just like, it looks fucking great. Uh, can we also so, talk about like so how pretty say, Oscar Isaac is in this whole fucking movie? Like that beard. <laughs> oh my god, he's that, so kissable looking. Uh, that, that 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 beard, those outfits. So it's like his sense his sense of noblesse oblige. The way he says desert power. The way like he's like totally fucking into his like uh, his person who's not his wife, but like clearly his wife. Like he fucks with no other woman. Um, uh, he's been obsessed <laughs> with Jessica forever. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great, fucking great. So before we get too off topic, I just want to say that when I first saw the new sandworm design, I was actually a little bit torn at first. Um, because the, the Dune sandworm has had the same sort of design, like, with the sort of, like, arrowhead face and the four jaws for decades. And when I first saw the new design, I was a little unsure if I really liked it. And then I saw the scene where it's up out of the sand oh, and it's so staring good. down at like staring down at them and you see all the rows of teeth. And I'm just like, "Oh no. Nope, nope, that is an amazing design. <laughs> that is an amazing design. All of my all my little doubts just just gone. Just gone. No, that's amazing." Also, you have to remember these things do have teeth, which you don't really see in the they previous designs. They got big designs. teeth. They got big teeth. They got lots of them, which they theoretically would have because the Chris knife is actually like 
fairly widespread in Fremen culture. But yes, oh my god, this film looks amazing. Yeah, I, um, I've, I am. I've decided that there should yeah. there's a new genre of movie, which is sci-fi movies with sweeping, amazing visuals and Hans Zimmer music playing in the background. Yep. Like yes, the- God, the soundtrack was. I came home and just listened to that soundtrack on Spotify the entire way through. Guys, yeah, the Atreides bagpipes. <laughs> Like yeah. first when they show up, but then also there's the battle music. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. So I I like, didn't go to the theater for this one, but I got the inner I got the same sort of vibes and wish I wished I had when I saw Interstellar and IMAX like m- <laughs> multiple times when that came out. Same idea: sweeping shots, Hans Zimmer, mm. profit. I, I don't know. Like yeah. it just incredible. And the, use, and the use of color in this film, yeah. like like yeah. we know, we know. Villeneuve, um, we know he's a master of color because we all saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, but just like the way the way this film blends earth tones and it, it's it's earth tones and dark shades with this one these wonderful contrasting colors in like uh, the Harkonnen uniforms. The Atreides uniforms, the like, ah, oh, it's so good. It's such a, it's such a rich color palette without being super varied. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, I know. It looks great. Oh, oh, it looks so good. The still suits look fantastic, and they're they're also honestly not much different from the original still suits in uh, David Lynch's Dune. Yeah, like, like they, there's a, a generally agreed upon. This is how it should look, and it works. Yeah, it's really nice. So we talked about um, Oscar Isaac, who is also my partner's favorite <laughs> of all the actors in this film, especially on the screen here. Um, but what did we all think about the? It, it it really did have a pretty sizable cast in this one and yeah. you know you you learn why if you hadn't read the books is that you know half of them die so yeah. you don't have to they don't have to pay them in movie movie two but <laughs> it's sort of the the game of thrones theory of bringing the bring in the famous actors and kill them yeah well because there's still that still leaves a it leaves a whole bunch of roles still unfilled right right you know there are some people who will be coming back um like we don't have a um we don't have a fade Rotha yet. Mm-hmm. We've got Dave Bautista as yep. Robin as, as Beast Raban, um, which means there's still time for Sting to come back as Fade Rotha. <laughs> it's not too late, Hollywood. You can still bring him back. <laughs> I will forever stand Sting, but he is no longer Fade Rotha. Now it would have been really. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think Sting is also too vain to uh, do the necessary body work to be Baron Harkonnen, but that would have been sweet. Yeah. That would, like, don't get me wrong. Skarsgård was fantastic. I appreciated oh, him. Yeah. I don't think, I'm not saying Sting for that would be, would have been better, but I think that it would have been a cool kind of full circle nod. Um, but, uh, but Sting wasn't going to do that. His, no, no, he no. did such, I thought he did a great job. His characters, just like the way that they, the, cinematography too of his shots where he's floating oh my god he looks oh, yeah. so fucking creepy <laughs> yeah it, he looks like, really, really creepy. good job 
the uh, fact that or... they did such a good job with like not just the shots but the costuming of like you see him floating and you're like you know what's the last time you've seen him look like you think of the David Lynch one and it's like no he's got this weird creepy ass cape like dangling underneath yeah. him and it just oh it it yeah. just makes the most freakish silhouette ever and yeah. I love it yeah now let's 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 still give props to Kenneth McMillan uh who played Har- the Baron in the David Lynch one, uh, for being just a creepy, evil, mm-hmm. disgusting iteration of the Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Skarsgård, Skarsgård, I'm amazed at how many Disney actors are in this. <laughs> Disney world. Yeah. Right? Um, Oh, yeah, Jason Momoa is eminently lovable as Duncan Idaho. Also, I'm sorry, but, like, the thing about Dune that I really like is you're like, Paul, okay, like, that's kind of a regular Norman name, but that's interesting. Duke Leto, okay, that's neat. Duncan Idaho. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The Space Witch Jessica. Okay, now wait, hold up just a fucking minute here. These <laughs> names are silly. These are silly. Yep. I, I like the amount of backstory, at least in the books and, and other things, that they give some of these like characters. What's the name of the, the guy who um, Paul defeats in a duel like immediately? Oh, Stilgar. No, oh, not okay. Stilgar. No. Um, oh, God. Gurney Halleck? Um, no, 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 no. no. Not the, the character. The one that Paul kills uh, to fight to the death duel oh, towards God. the end of the movie. I forget that guy's name. But he's just got, like, all this development. No, he has a whole backstory. Yeah. And he gets killed, like, <laughs> like five minutes into the movie, and I think pretty much into the book, too. <laughs> it's just not. It's, it's neat. He was expendable, damn it. Yeah. It's Jameis. Yes. Jameis, that's who it is. In this, uh, in this movie... Uh, played by Babs Lasanmukan. I think I'm saying that right. I hope I'm saying that right. Babs, if I'm saying that your last name wrong, I'm sorry. Um, it's it's yeah, it's Jameis. But in the books, like it goes into Jameis and his whole backstory and the backstory of the Padishah Emperor, uh, who we don't ever see in this movie. Yeah, I wonder how much of it was budget related. Like they didn't, they couldn't bring on too many people, and how much of it was just not the time or the place and the story that then he wanted to tell. But yeah, um, what do we all think? You don't, we don't get a ton of exposure, but what do we all think about Zendaya as Chani. I think she's a good fit. I, I think, I like she's her. A good fit. I think yeah. Zendaya. I think she did a beautiful job. Me too. I think Zendaya continues to take over the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That was that was. Thank you for going there. That was that was why I teed that up. Look, I mean, Zendaya know, Pilgrim versus the world. Look, oh and, and here's the thing. Like you know, it's it's fun. Like and Zendaya, I will also say is someone who has, um, like, like really, like I had no experience, you know, because you know, like with any of her early Disney stuff or whatever. But like her like stuff in Spider Man really won me over, and then. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like I feel like she's someone who like I really appreciate. I think that the strength of her st- she her acting is something that I've been 
progressively more impressed by um Mm -hmm. because i don't think that like a sense of at least for me her sense of like personal presence isn't what like hooks me in it's the fact that like she really is able to to like embody characters really nicely um yeah Mm -hmm. her, her acting is very naturalistic yeah and she's sort of like new enough to the scene that she doesn't have a role that like now that you've seen her in that role, you always go back to that role. She hasn't been pigeonholed. Exactly. That's, I, I think that's the thing we're all getting at here is she hasn't yeah. been typecast or pigeonholed. And there's like a sort of, I don't know, down to earthness quality to her acting that mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her stuff. I thought she was great. Um, I will say that I think that Timothy Chalamet is a good fit for Paul, even though like, my partner i don't really get timothy chalamet per se like i think he's good in this role i think we're gonna really see him bloom out i've appreciated seeing him in some other stuff like the king um but it's he's a bit of an odd duck and i get for some people that it's just like oh yeah i really like what he brings to the table i'm not necessarily crazy about but for this role i mean yeah Someone who's like an odd duck i might have seen him in and i'm not sure i'd have to look it up but I really liked him as Paul. Like, I don't really remember much about the Paul in the David Lynch movie, but I feel like Paul is one of these really infamous, like, famous sort of sci-fi and fantasy characters where they kind of get so warped into being this, like, hyper-masculine, like, god figure almost in their, like, fandoms. And it was nice to see Paul be, like, the sort of not exactly sniveling, but you know, kind of like, well, up, so, like uppity little prince, and that yeah. was that was a nice thing to watch change through. Also, like again, like my memory of the book is like really friggin' far gone, but like, did him and his mom have like a good relationship in the book? They did. Okay, they did. good, yeah. good, because I'm really curious just to see like how his relationship with Jessica changes. Cause like, I feel, I felt really bad when they're in that part where they're hiding, like in that little tent in the desert. And he's like, you did this to me. You made me into this. But it's like, at the same time, I feel so bad for her. Cause you know, her, well, not husband. Cause they weren't married, but her partner is dead and she's pregnant with her second child. And they're like, currently alive child is like having a fucking existential crisis yeah yeah Yeah, so i think so one thing is that timothy child is definitely i think much closer so so in the david lynch film paul trace is played by kyle mclaughlin yeah who is in his 20s trying to play a teenager yeah that does not work for me no um because the important thing is to remember is that paul trace in the books is like 16 right (laughs) when all this goes down yeah you know, um, that he is very much a fish out of water and has just been dumped into this situation. Yep. And 16, you know, selfish teenager. Yeah. Type. Um, so, yeah, I think he does a really good job. The other thing that he was in that, you know, excited my partner of all things was he was in that new Little Women that came out a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, he was. Mm, yeah. He, wasn't he also in Lady Bird, too? Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he, he's a fav, he, he is a favorite. It's got, it's interesting. Um, uh, 
thirst traps for there's like two there, there, there's several powerful thirst traps of different kinds in this movie uh, i mean i think yeah. oscar isaac is a heavy thirst trap in general um of course jason momoa is huge levels of thirst trap and then kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum timothy chalamet is an immense thirst trap for many different people um, <laughs> hey man, two two extremes again. You know the only thing the only thing that I feel would fully balance the universe, and maybe that he's going to be the guy who plays Fade Rotha, is if um uh, one of the ultimate thirst traps. Um, fuck, oh, no. fuck. What's damn it? Um, who the fuck plays Kylo Ren? Oh, um, Adam Driver. Yeah. Adam Are Driver? we all forgetting his name? Yeah, if Adam, Adam Driver would be like, <laughs> yeah, if Adam Driver showed up, it was me. The thirst trap, like, heck, uh, like thing, uh, square for 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 women who are attracted to men will be complete. See? I think I think there's only one one thirst trap who could at this point in time, <laughs> um, properly play Fade Rotha while being a, a thirst trap. And I think that's Robert Pattinson. Oh shit! Our yeah, actually, no, that's, I'm really into that. I, oh my god! Yeah, 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 Tristan, okay, I'm really okay, into that. Yeah, I, I forgot about our pats. Everyone loves the our pats. Look, He's ever since great. the lighthouse, I could like literally watch him do anything. <laughs> I could watch him reading the fucking phone hey, book. I am so. Well, first you'd have to find a phone book because those don't exist anymore. Everything, but I am so pumped. for for our younger listeners. A phone book is a big heavy book you used to have to used to look up other people's phone numbers and businesses that usually lived in the knife drawer of your parents' kitchen. But uh, but guys, yep. uh, I am beyond excited at the prospect of the new Batman movie. I'll say that. Like, the Batman looks great. Um, and not just because of our pets. Like, I'm excited to see Andy Serkis, like, flex his acting chops, like, not I love Andy Circus so much. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin looks unrecognizable and fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've hardly seen any of Paul Dano's Riddler, but, like, Paul Dano is a favorite, like, writer and actor of mine, and I think we're going to get some serious fucking flexing. Um, the big question is whether soon to be former Vermont senator and uh, periodic, uh, uh, periodic man who appears in Batman movies, Patrick Leahy, will be appearing in this as well. Um, I hope that's the case. Uh, for those who don't know, Patrick Leahy, the Vermont senator who is not Bernie Sanders, uh, he is a huge Batman fan, and you will he's had a number of Batman cameos, but probably his best known one is like in The Dark Knight, where he like snarls at Keith Ledger, it's like, we don't pay, we don't listen to thugs, and then Keith Ledger like, Cold yeah. blocks him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, I know. If 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 our episodes had subtitles, which they don't, I think the subtitle for this one would just have to be Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> Adam Driver. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. Adam Driver. Woo. Adam. A damn. Adam. Yeah. And, driver. Uh, Earlier, earlier on, I think Bear, you might have been the one that brought this up. Mm. Sorry to whomever if, if you weren't, but um, you mentioned that like the movie might be maybe somebody else. The movie might be really hard to follow if you hadn't read the books. And as somebody who hadn't read the books in a long time, I have to concur with that. I felt that I watched it. I watched it 
sort of twice. First time though, I was I was distracted because I was near my niece, um, so she was obviously hogging a lot of the attention. Um, mm-hmm. But the the second time through, it made a bit more sense. Um, it definitely felt like something that there were a lot of pieces where you didn't really get the whole story if you hadn't read yeah the, read the books. Yeah. So there's also uh, one scene from the books that now in three adaptations has never made it on film. Oh, really? Yes. So in the books, uh, there is a scene where when they first get to um, uh, the sort of royal household on Arrakis, and they're mm-hmm. exploring the house, uh, there's a scene in the books where Jessica finds a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And in the greenhouse, there are uh, there. It's a it's a little scene, but there's a message from the Bene Gesserit sisterhood for her in there, mm-hmm. talking about and talking about sort of you know what groundwork they've laid, and like it sort of ties into some of the stuff that happens later. Um, mm. But it's just a minor scene that's in the book, and it has not been in three adaptations now. It's interesting. Uh, the David Lynch film is also now the only adaptation that shows us the Guild Navigators, who play a much bigger part in the later books. Mm. They Do were you think another. It's just a matter of like them being introduced in the next film, or maybe. Well, don't they introduce them in this one? Correct. They just they don't show their faces, right? Isn't there that one scene, or is that not the guild navigators themselves? Uh, I, I was gonna say that the the, the guild the, the 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 guild representatives whose faces you don't see in the in the in the um uh, in the masks that could they could be navigators. Um, I it, you know it, in the Lynch interpretation they're mutated so that they're a lot bigger, but I've seen other drawings <laughs> where they're not as big. Um, so. It's possible that those are spacing that those are nav that that we did see navigators. It's yeah. just they decided to make it so they were in spacesuits mm. rather than in a pure tank. Yeah, there are also um, different levels of navigator. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so they may also just be like guild apprentices who haven't reached that point yet. Yeah, spice fucks you up. <laughs> but it must flow. The spice Pumpkin must... spice must flow. Pumpkin spice must flow. No, it's gone now. It's been replaced with peppermint. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything that they... The, the, uh, the combat I... in this movie was really cool. I saw... Oh yeah. yeah, I saw like a, a a video online that was talking about, you know, how combat with something like shields work, and that they were saying that like, you know, apropos to nothing from like someone who seemed to really think a lot about his internal world, but it does make sense that you'd have a oh, lot of yeah. fighting with a uh, sword with short with short blades, and I like was it um was it Scalagrim or Shadowversity? Shadowversity. Shadowversity. Shadowversity had a really nice one yeah. on that. Oh, yeah, he had a very good video on it. But, uh, but I was... Like, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense it, it, that you would use something short and easy to control. And I will say that even though some of the shield effects looked pretty cool in the uh, 
in in the original one this did a whole lot better in showing how combat oh. is changed and modified by shields like they still did have some Much scenes better. where things were like where where the things were blowing up with the ships and stuff but they did show that once it came to like ground troops a lot of it really what did come down to um uh knife and dart fighting because the shields are going to block other things um mm -hmm. and that was cool like seeing where seeing that they would have the seeing the atreides trying to hold the line and then the line breaking and then seeing like okay so the the shield is like you have to like press through the shield to get in and make the kill it was very impressive uh i oh, I, yeah. I liked it a lot the, the slow blade penetrates the shield i um also, with these shield effects, you can actually see what the fuck is going on, unlike the shield effects in the David Lynch film. No, no. Which turn people into <laughs> into Minecraft-style blocky <laughs> squares. Uh, Dan, you were saying something? Minecraft. That was, that was the one scene I think that was the most, like, telly, not showy to me. I mean, they were fighting, but the scene where they were, where you're learning about the, the shields and stuff was very, mm -hmm. like... I think it just goes to show that everything else was so subtle and and well done with show don't tell that that scene was a little like on the nose for me. Um, probably my a, least a favorite little. scene in the movie, but I do also like that the shields are color coded so yeah. you can see the killing strike. Right. But um, and and yeah, the the scene of the bombs being dropped on the ships just. Mm -hmm. They fall down and then they slow way down and just slowly work their way through the shield right. and then explode. Yep. That was such a cool visual. That was really um, cool. And I, I also like seeing that the Atreides house troops used spears. Yeah, that was which cool. Was, which is also a viable option when using when using the shield. Oh, I have a question actually. Uh, it's about just thinking back on the soundtrack real quick. Um, did anybody else know? No. Okay. Well, I guess it was obvious. What did y'all think of the immense presence of bagpipes? And do you think that's either something? Is that something in the books, or is that just a cool nod to David Lynch? Um, I loved it, so, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the books. I don't think it's in the books. Um, the Atreides and Caliban have always been very much like, oh, hey, this is space Scotland slash Wales oh, okay. slash Ireland. Okay, um, so the bagpipes make sense. I wasn't sure yeah. if it was like a funny like nod to David Lynch. Um, also, uh, Caliban is also sort of space Spain because of the bullfighting, but mm. um, so yeah, so so if you were watching the movie, you probably noticed a several references to bulls in the amongst the Atreides stuff. Like there was that that sort of angular design. Yeah. Like oh yes, bull statue. The, yes, like up, up on top of the door. The, yep. the doorway. Yeah. Yep. So the bull is the symbol of House Atreides. Ever since Paul's grandfather was killed fighting a bull. Right. Okay. In the okay. David Lynch film, that the head of that bull makes a brief appearance in one scene as a throwback to that fact in the books. Oh nice. my god. Nice. And it's and it's just this huge bull head. This poor like surf is carrying in one of the first shots when they're moving into the uh moving into Arrakis. Well, well, it's just this poor guy like trying to juggle this huge bullet in one shot. Well it. one of the things that I will also say is that um I heard someone saying that uh in before I watched the movie that when you see that bull, 
uh, in the new movie, you can see like blood on its horns from where it gored him. Yes. Uh, gored his mm-hmm. grandfather. Uh, I will also say that in terms of like the showy, uh, the telling and not the showing in that weapon scene, um, that was, you'd think, oh, this was something that the filmmakers inserted. That's actually another example, if I remember correctly, of a, of a scene in the book where they are talking about that explicitly. Like, oh, you right. need to do X and X because... Yeah, and uh, and it's it's like that that that's a famous exchange that you also see in the original Lynch movie too, if you're ever where um where yeah. like they fight and it's like Paul beats him was like no not really while you got me there uh, I I stuck my blade through your shield uh, which yeah. is look down um, look yeah. down <laughs> also that uh that we both fight where, died. Like, Jason Momoa gets up with a fucking uh sword through his chest is like oh my gosh. Can your legacy Duncan of Idaho, the eternal, the Duncan Idaho, the eternal fucking badass. I didn't remember how many people died so early. Oh I yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and we were watching, we we're watching the the the, the movie. And we're like, oh no, Duncan's not gonna die right here. No, no, no way. No, no, no. No, Gurney's not gonna die right here. No, no, no way. They got more plans <laughs> for this 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 guy. Nope, dead, 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 dead. Well, well, spoilers. Gurney isn't dead. Oh, okay. Uh, Gurney is the one you think. So even in the book and in the David Lynch film, Gurney is the Gurney Halleck is the one you think is going to die because he's there on the front lines, right? During the assault from of the Sardaukar and the Harkonnen troops, like he is in the fucking thick of it right at the start. Whereas Duncan is, he's the lovable, the mu- lovable one, the musician. He's the one who's been laying the groundwork with the Fremen. He escapes the initial assault. So Duncan is the one you think is going to survive and dies. And Gurney's the one who comes back like, no, I've just been fucking murdering Harkonnens for the past, like, 18 months. Paul, where have you been? <laughs> awesome. Like... Like, I just went out and started murdering Harkonnens, and nobody told me to stop. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing. So, Paul, what's new with you? <laughs> I've been hanging out with the Fremen. Yo. 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 I got sandworms, Beesh. Sandworms. <laughs> oh, you know, there's a cream for that now? I think... Oh, oh, oh no, the big ones. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> that's grody. <laughs> while we're talking about sandworms and expectations about death um ali you mentioned the scene earlier which was also one of my favorite scenes the scene where um the doctor she pulls out those grappling hooks like she's mm-hmm. gonna ride a worm and then just gets killed yeah yeah like, like you're just fucking like oh. bummer dude <laughs> yeah bummer dude you're but like, she went out like a fucking badass yeah. oh yeah well because because she's a they they made her an honorary Fremen for a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't get made an honorary Fremen if you can't kick some ass and take some names. Yeah. I think the best review to give this, I mentioned my partner a couple of times um, in this this podcast, but she, the best review I can give this movie is when it was over. At the time, they hadn't announced the sequel, and she was mm-hmm. like, quite literally upset upset about it. And would talk for oh, yeah. a while. Thankfully, later on that day, I believe it was they, the news came out that they've been greenlit for the, for at least one more movie. So yeah, but I thought that was that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, my 
my initial reaction when, at, when the movie ended was, oh my god, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Me too. And and then, I please, I hope they get to make a, ne- a next one. Because... Yeah. And then, wait, how have they not already greenlit a sequel? Right. Well, I guess I, I heard somewhere, and this isn't fact-checked, but I heard somewhere that I guess there's a lot been a lot of turnover or change in the guard at Warner Brothers. Mm. And that was part of it. Like, they knew... New blood coming in, deciding what to green light and what not to. Um, so it was in the transition from the original Dune to the second one, they may or may not have green lit it, but I think it did really well, is what I gather. Um, so I think, think that certainly helped. Yeah. Also, um, one other thing. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, this name miss this this movie does mispronounce Harkonnen all the time, and it was a little annoying. So in this movie, they pronounce it Harkonnen. Yeah. Harkonnen. Yep. Um, but the thing is, is that we actually have, um, uh, oh god, we we actually have Frank Herbert on audio talking about how things are yeah. pronounced. And from Frank Herbert himself, it's Harkonnen. Mm. Well, and it was, that was just like a every time I heard it, it was just like that's not it's not right, guys. Eh, oh. that's all right. In my it's the French pro- French pronunciation. Right. I guess it's fine. So, I guess, and, and this is a tough one for me to answer because I am so. I'll have to go back and read the book again so I can catch up for this the sequel. But what are is there like a moment or now that you've seen what Denis done to the original, this, this first part, is there one particular moment or scene or piece of storyline that you're most excited to see explored in the sequel with him at the helm? So I, I can't wait to see them writing the sandworms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sandworm writing, I hope uh, should be awesome. You do see um, it at the end, briefly, like far in the distance, but yeah. But but an important plot point that comes up is is Paul Paul hooking and writing the worm. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of the of the books. It's one of the like big sort of mm-hmm. like rites of coming of age. And oh my god, I, that should be amazing mm-hmm. when we get to it. Nice. Any other thoughts on Doom? Again, is this what taking psychedelics feels like <laughs> when you watch this movie? Basically. Also, um, something I didn't touch on, but I really wanted to touch on, is just the costuming in this film is mm. phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. Especially anything involving the Bene Gesserit. I just... God, they're so friggin' spooky looking. Yeah. Yes. And so cool. <laughs> so cool. Very spoops. They do a Very great job spooky. of every, with everything costume wise and visual effects wise. It just all looks so. We talked earlier about the Baron and how cool that costume design is. The Fremen costume design, the still suits, though the still suits do match mm-hmm. up with what you've seen elsewhere. Um, everything. It's just they do a really good. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. Okay, anything uh- visual about the movie looks good. <laughs> Now, now, now I know what I'm. What I was trying. So I was trying to think of like 
the Baron in in this, his, his aesthetic with that like weird long like running cape and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember what it, it's super creepy. Yep. And I was trying to remember what like it was triggering something in my head. Like, what is this a reference? Like, what is this? Where have I seen? It's like something before. Uh, you know what? And it finally came to me. Uh, the things in Death Stranding. <gasps> yeah. That hover in the, in the air. I'm like, that's what... It, that's the connection in my brain that I was making. Like the BTs? Yeah. yeah in, I can in Death see Stranding, that. The, the ones that just hover. Yeah. I you mean... know, because Death Stranding had that original... Like trailer, and you just see them like just stuck in the sky. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it. You got you all can't see it because this isn't a video podcast. But I'm like tapping my forehead, like that's the connection. <laughs> that's that's what it was reminding me of. And and before we play, eighty hours of of that game and talk about that one. No, that will probably never happen. 80 hours of, man, uh, two-day Amazon Prime delivery has become a real hassle in this world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Vera, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, so I think that uh, what I'm really interested... I'm really excited to see uh, the final fight between Fade Rotha and uh, mm-hmm. Paul Atreides in the new... Mm-hmm. It, in the next movie uh i'm definitely also excited to uh just see how the fremen are developed and i'm just i'm just pumped for whoever the fade rotha casting is uh but you know denis Villeneuve is someone who is a very thoughtful filmmaker the last movie that he did the last complete one we saw with blade Runner 2049 hit really fucking hard and uh we reviewed it very mm-hmm. well on this cast mm-hmm. um you know and arrival was also an excellent movie so you know, he's living his best life, and this is a dream project for him, and uh, uh, he is really getting to make it in his way. I mean, you know, like, it's he basically got to make a whole movie that's gorgeous and beautiful, but is essentially set up for a big movie of climax. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, so yeah. And I'm going to jump on that. I, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I was going to mention it if you didn't. I know it did pretty well, so you probably may have seen it if you're interested in this sort of thing, maybe. But maybe not. Uh, Arrival is amazing and i mm-hmm. yeah holy crap arrival <laughs> is his first film i ever saw yeah arrival and... is insanely good if you like like hard science fiction that is a fucking hard super cerebral sci-fi yeah. and i don't mean cerebral in the like condescending sense yeah. just in the no wow i really have to like think about the things i'm mm-hmm. seeing in front of me right yeah. now <laughs> yeah yep I mean that movie is literally show don't tell. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the ultimate show don't tell. But that, that also, one is so yeah, good. I'm also just I'm also super glad they're not trying to cram it all into one movie. Yeah. Oh which, my god. Which lets them take the time to explore stuff. Well, and, but it's not always a guarantee, right? Like. Right. Even with Lord of the Rings, you know, from what I understand from watching their behind the scenes, like Peter Jackson was shopping it around as one movie because he wasn't uh, sure. Yes, yes, Allie. 
<laughs> because he was because he wasn't sure that he was going to get the funding for it, and finally one oh, of the, Lord. the people I mean, ultimately funded it. Speaking so. of which, twentieth uh, anniversary this year, y'all, the oh. first Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. Uh, so, oh my God, now I feel old. Christ, Allie, I had that moment earlier. So, for those who are gamers, Halo Infinite released early this week. The multiplayer on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I heard the multiplayer is yep. really good. It's so good. I'm looking forward to jump back onto that after this. <laughs> <laughs> but but the um but the point I'm making is that also was celebrating its 20th anniversary. That's really? why yes, yep. that's why they released it early because it was the 20th wow. anniversary. Yep. Halo's 20 years old. Halo oh. is the original Halo is 20 years old as of like a couple God, days insane. ago. And I don't think that was that was a killer. Oh. Yeah. I remember Marathon. <laughs> yeah, it was. You kids today, you don't even know. It was, it was a tough one to. I remember Red oh, no, versus no, no, no. Blue. Yep. Yep. As no a blood gulch in high school. No blood gulch in this one, unfortunately. I'm calling for Aww, it. But... blood so, gulch. So is how how's the single player in this? There is no single player yet. Oh, so come on. The, the campaign yeah. is really important re- for me. Like that's. They only released the multiplayer early, unfortunately. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, I know Cam- what I. Everything comes out in December. I mean, I I I I I know what I'm gonna buy in December. Although maybe yeah. even well, you have Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. It's on so. Game Pass. Well, December, yeah. I will be yeah. hibernating, and by hibernating, I mean never talking to anyone again for a month because Endwalker comes out in December. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been playing next week. But it's okay. I'm fine with it being delayed. Actually, yeah, yeah. Well, the early access is in for people who pre-ordered is like December third, and then the expansion drops for everyone else the week after. Nice. I just want to see bunny boys. <laughs> Remember, guys, a rushed game is bad forever. A delayed game is good eventually, or it's Duke Nukem forever. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there wasn't there like a, a phrase somebody from Nintendo said to that degree though of like Yeah, that was Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, he yeah, said he, that. that that's basically his quote, except for the bit about Duke <laughs> Except for the forever. Duke Nukem part. Yeah, that would have been amazing <laughs> if he said that though with the Duke Nukem part. Yeah. Oh. No, Shigeru Miyamoto loves talking about Duke Nukem forever. Yeah, it's one of his favorite passions if you get him in an interview, you know. He stops everything. Let, let's talk about Duke Nukem Forever for a few minutes. No. God, let's not, please. <laughs> awesome. The less said, the better. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm now. Uh, for some reason, I thought Halo Infinite was a lot further off, and now I'm just so happy. Yep. Um, you can play. You can play multiplayer for free right now. Yeah. With Xbox Game Pass. Yep. And it, it, the campaign will be out on Game Pass like next month. I mean, yeah. And I mean, the Meanwhile, main thing is, I'm is just that, over... like, the last Halo just burned me so much. And I'm cautiously optimistic yeah. from what I'm seeing that there may be like a degree of hand waving and or retconning to make it good again. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I'm really hoping that's the case because like just there are a few things that like pull on my heartstrings like the thir- like a 30 th- as a 33 year old man than a Master Chief story. <laughs> Like, by gosh, <laughs> Halo 3 still gets me fucking emotional, guys. Yeah. Uh, just... Is it bad that I kind of want to get into Halo because of the Unraveled video about all the Halo books? That's not weird at all. I think that, that was such a good, that was such a good Some one. Some of them legit sound 
sounded really I, cool. I, I've never read the Halo books, uh, but you know, there's like 38, I think. The, the, there's a lot. There's of a co- ton of Halo. The, books. There, there's a lot of cool lore around it. Um, gosh, I want to get. Also, I'm cur- I am truly curious about like how the fan uh, about what what the best fanfic actually. If we actually had a had a had a community on the internet that listened to us, aside from our two members of Yipsley Yipsigan, I'd be curious. What is the best fanfic that matches up um, uh, Master Chief and the Warhammer 40k universe? <laughs> I do feel like the Chief's personal shield would give him a pretty damn big advantage, and I also feel like the way his mind and spirit are are focused, that I don't actually think he would be corrupted by chaos. No, but here's the problem, though, Barra, is that he would still get absolutely stomped by a Warhammer 40k Space Marine. You know, you say that, but personal shields, my friend. Personal shields. Yeah, they they have those in 40k. Also... And they the other thing you have to understand about 40k is that 40k is so ludicrously overpowered. Because everything in 40k... Don't worry, the power of the sand, sand drugs will protect me. <laughs> everything in for- Hammer 40k is so ludicrously overpowered to be ludicrously overpowered over itself. Okay, okay. Numerous I times. I don't know what needs to be done. Uh, we're talking a mashup of uh, Master Chief and Paul Atreides versus the Warhammer 40k universe. Let's fuck no, 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 no. no, no, no. No, 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 Bear. No, no, Bear. It's 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 Master Chief and Doom Guy. Oh, Doom Guy just wins, okay? Doom Guy beat, has beat hell numerous times. It's unkillable. It's just like Doom Guy is just unfair. We see cuz you see here's how here's how this works is the 40k universe goes into the warp and finds a planet in the warp and goes down there and the planet is just covered in dead demons and Doom Guy sitting on a rock. Can, can, can I say one of my uh, favorite new memes is just this thing where it's like um, uh, me in the afterlife where you're just like you see Doom Guy. It's just interrogated like where some terrible person is in hell. One of my favorites is just like, you know, this picture of like you guys like look at it's like, where is Nathan Bedford Forrest? <laughs> For those who hmm. don't know, he was an asshole Confederate general who subsequently founded the KKK afterwards. Um, not a good dude. Not no, a good not dude. in the slightest. Here's the problem, though, is that if you wreck hell, where will all the bad people go when they die? Uh, <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> it's 2021, and I'll still take pot shots at New Jersey. Why? Because it's what society told me to it's do. True. Also, it's a nightmare <laughs> to drive there. Like, seriously, fuck driving yes. in that state. As as somebody who has many family members who have previously lived in New Jersey, including my dad grew up in New Jersey, it is not fun to drive to New Jersey, and it is not fun to be in New Jersey. Well, <laughs> yep. It's like Connecticut, but I will say that all through that, it's like I still think I would take Connecticut, New Jersey over Connecticut. I mean, Grand Connecticut had some pretty fantastic food, but it's just bad vibes in a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Driving through, driving to Southern Jersey is a really tough one because it's you have to you, have, you do the whole Connecticut and then you do the whole Jersey. Yeah, yeah, pretty... that's the yeah. yeah the one of the nice, not nice things about driving to New Jersey is you also have to drive through Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, Connecticut feels like New Jersey that has a super inflated ego. Connecticut is the clearly worst state in New England, not even close. 
Oh no, yeah. it, it literally is. It I, literally it's just like there's no debate. Everybody wants to be like New Jersey drivers are the worst, Massachusetts drivers are the worst. No, it's Connecticut. Oh no, it's Florida drivers are the worst. Let's be fucking real. No, and I said oh, in New, New England. England. Yes, no, in New England. Northeast. In New yeah, England, no. it's the land of Florida is cursed. Mankind I've was not to meant Florida. to settle there. I never want to go to Florida. I hope I never go uh, to Florida. So I got so. a lot of relatives in Florida, so I'm going to go be going to Florida. There's some nice things in Florida in terms of like good state parks, good food. My relatives are pretty cool, but uh, yeah, no, um, uh, not. I would never go there if there wasn't a family component, except maybe the keys, because. But that's the main way because of childhood nostalgia and the food. Um, but yeah, that I think I'd rather go cursed. to Arrakis than go to. Florida. I I mean, who the fuck wouldn't want to go to Arrakis? Like the spice Dude, flows. Dude, go to Arrakis. Work on my tan. The spice flows. And that was my futile attempt to bring us back to do it's, it's all good. Come to Sunny Arrakis. <laughs> all right. Good, good job, Dan, Dan. What are you working on? We all, we, Ali had a really nice effort earlier with the spices, then Vera <laughs> tried something. And that was the, that was the final, that was, that was my final attempt. But no, it's, it's awesome. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, so, uh, Be nice to each other, please. Especially me. If you're mean to me, I'll cry. I am a baby. <laughs> Is there anything, Allie, that you want to promote at all? Mm. Besides being nice to each other? Which is plenty enough. Yeah, be nice to each other. Be good. It's been a hard couple weeks for some folks, I feel like. and Just be, just be nice, please. Vera, is there anything you'd like to promote? Um... Subscribe to the Daily Hampshire Gazette newspaper. Also support our union, the Pioneer Valley News Guild, as we increase yep. uh, increase pressure on our management to give us basic fucking raises. Excuse my language. Don't cross picket lines. <laughs> it's still no work November, and and yep. it will probably be um, uh, with the, with the way the American labor movement is going. I'm um, a uh, gosh. Uh, what's like a strikey no worky December thing? Um, uh, it's strike. It, it'll be strike miss season soon. Get there ready for strike miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pro tip: never cross picket. Never lines. fucking cross a picket line. Nope. Uh, nope. Support support your support your boycotts. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, oh and, get your booster shot. Oh yeah, shot. get your fucking booster shot. I I should get mine. Yep. I I've got, got mine, mine on Friday, and it hurt like a bitch after, but it's worth not getting sick. It's true. Yep. I've got mine scheduled for Wednesday. Yeah. Also, a lot of your works, um, including even uh, a lot of your workplaces, will also have a specific uh, have federally federally subsidized sick time that's not going to come out of your pool. So, like, you will get your shot, you'll be safe, and if you don't feel co- if you don't feel good though for the next day, you don't have to worry. Do I have enough sick time? No, you will just be able to get that time the fuck off. Get them anywhere, Faisal. Check beforehand. But even even if you don't, just you know. Then, if you don't have that, just schedule to get your shot on Friday so you can ride out the weekend watching uh, uh, Dune on the on, yep. on, on the little screen. And and Barra, in other good union news, did you hear that today the uh, John Deere workers won their strike and got basically everything they asked for? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! That 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 just made my fucking day. Oh, actually, I know we didn't really talk about gaming news stuff, but please support your game developer friends and just game Mm -hmm. developers in general in unionizing. There is the big walkout at Activision Blizzard. 
Yep. Because Activision Blizzard is stinky poopoo peepee. Stinky poopoo peepee, which we will talk about more in our next stinky next podcast episode. Because there's a lot to talk about there. Um, in also in other good news, uh, we had our extra life game day. Yep. Uh, Dan, would you like to talk about what we achieved? Oh sure. Um, I have to look at the totals again. Um. But we passed our goal. Oh, we passed our goal. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. We passed our goal. We're almost at, I think we're almost at $2,000. Yay! Which, so, so the, at overall, the Extra Life um, Foundation, which works through, um, works with a number of children's hospitals and this network of, of children's hospitals throughout the country, uh, throughout the United States, um, it raised three and a half million dollars in the one day, which is crazy exciting. Um, crazy bonkers. Yeah, the some obviously some areas and some hospitals got get more money than others based on because everybody picks one. We did Boston Children's because they're close yep. by. Um, and Boston Children's, uh, I I learned this. I just did the the, the funny math. Uh, our total was. Two percent of the entire donations to Boston Children's. Son of a bitch! That's awesome. Yay! Fuck yeah. yeah! Wow. Yeah. So like, we 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 killed it. So thanks everybody who, if you're listening, who donated or attended or watched or supported us in any way, and hopefully we get to do it again next year. I don't know what that. We'll take it year by year, but mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. doubled more than doubled our goal and did really well. So thanks for the thanks for the shout out on that, Tristan. For reminding me. Yeah. And uh, and on some good news. Yeah. And on some good news. You can um you can find us at spoilermedia.net. You can subscribe to our podcast on any number of podcast channels, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're on Spotify. I know that's a really popular one. We have the generic RSS feed among among others. You can follow us there. You can leave us a comment if you want to contact us. We can answer questions on the show all the good things but against the spoilermedia.net to find the podcast, some other game reviews and other things as we publish them. Yep. And we are also still hosting a giveaway. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So for those of you who have been following along, we've been watching and reviewing Jojo's bizarre adventure and we are still giving away a sealed box set of the special edition DVDs for season one, which includes all the episodes for phantom blood and battle tendency. All you have to do is go to spoilermedia.net slash JoJo's to sign up. And right now, well, all you've got to do is come up with a stand for Dan. Yep. His stand name is Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> go from there. <laughs> this is wrapping up. We are very close. We are to very close. Up I, and I swear, to- anywhere in the world, I will send it to you. I don't know how much. Like, yeah. if, if you win this and you're in Norway... I will send it to you. If you are in a nice little village in Japan, I will send you JoJo's Jen JoJo's back from whence it came. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my like, god. This so the, it, it needs to in the fires of Mount yes. Fuji in the <laughs> land of the giveaway needs to end. Send and, this Blu-ray uh, back to and, hell. Uh, and, and yeah, and yeah. If you enter it, congratulations. Heck, if you are in some like. I don't know, just like some cut random country in uh, my ancestral region of Eastern Europe where like JoJo's goes for like $2,000 and 
and like this is a way for you to launder cash please launder cash we'll send it to you on our dive you can <laughs> oh my god no don't, no, 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 don't tell stretches up to like no, the please, next no. decade come visit us and be like you you brought this and then give us honorary tracks Vera, please don't tell people I'm not telling people to commit crimes. I'm telling people to make legal money to then do what they will. And if we get a commemorative uh, Serbian mafia tracksuit after this, of course. Well done. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I am Serbian. I can say that. Oh, my you God. Are, I can, I'm Serbian. I can, I can say, say the tracksuit joke. Y'all can't. <laughs> uh, what are we, a bunch of gopniks? Hey, come on. Oh my god! Oh, oh we're not going to top oh, that. God. So I hate, I hate with, everything here. With that, okay, okay. With that, we need to end this. <laughs> All right. Well, until next Later, time, dude. everyone. It's been a lot of fun. See you next time. Bye bye. Laughing about how small it looks on you. Watching reruns of Glee being. Singing in harmony, I bet she's bragging To all her friends saying you're so unique